0: What's going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Rating Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brendan Valentine and I would like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow co host this week, who will introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. Um, this week, since it is officially February, um, I would just like to ask both of you, do um, you have any plans for Valentine's Day?
1: Um, Isaac Hunter here, by the way. Uh my girlfriend and I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day that much, but I will be celebrating my niece's birthday. So that's fun.
2: <laughs> I have Snaps to ask that. Isaac, when is your niece's birthday?
1: Um, her birthday is the 13th, but we're celebrating at okay. the 14th.
2: I have to ask because, well, I'm a single Pringle. Um, not that you would ever eat Pringles single, but you know. Um, and they're always in a can, so I don't know why you would leave just a single Pringle in a can. Anyways, off topic, sorry. Um, My niece's birthday is on the 15th, so the day after Valentine's Day. So that is most likely what we're gonna be doing on Valentine's Day is celebrating her birthday, so.
1: What do you know? Yeah. Nieces um, Day. (laughs) Who are you that that, uh,
0: just introduced themselves?
2: Yeah, sorry. Uh, My name is Hope Gooderell and I am co-host today. Perfect.
0: Thank you very much for introducing yourselves. Um, Me personally, I currently don't have any plans for Valentine's Day, Um, but seeing as uh, my last name is Valentine, um, I have to figure something out. It's the law. Um, I have to have some sort of plans, whether it's like the typical like date type of stuff, probably not because pandemic, but I have to figure something out. Um, Also-
2: You could watch FBI because there's a character on there whose name is Jubal Valentine. I could also
0: watch Victorious because Ariana Grande's character is Cat Valentine.
1: You could drive the snakes from Ireland like the original St. Valentine. Isn't that St. Patrick? (laughs) Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Dang it. Wrong holiday. I think St. Valentine got his head cut off.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. I believe he did. Um, But also on the subject of birthdays, my older sister, whose last name is also Valentine, was born on February 15th as well. So um, that one's really fun. We we always say that you know a few hours sooner would have been much preferred. But all right, before we get into our main topic of the day, which explains why our question was so not geeky today, uh, we'd like to go over some geek news. Um, Isaac or Hope, either of you want to start?
2: I have three pieces of information today. Um, So on the day that we are recording this episode, on the fourth. the there is a new film coming out tomorrow that's being released in select theaters um as well as on demand and it's called son of the south and it stars lucas till cedric the entertainer lucy hale uh jake abel dexter darden and a whole lot of other people um, and it's from producer spike lee and it's based on the true story of a Klansman's grandson who has to choose which side of the civil rights movement he's going to be on in Montgomery, Alabama during the civil rights movement. Um, So I'm really excited for that one. I've been excited for a while because I'm a big fan of Lucas Till. Um, Also, Cedric the Entertainer is a phenomenal African-American actor and I love him as well. Um, Also, if you have been Um, impatiently waiting for the Wicked musical movie to be coming out. It was announced that John M. Chu is going to be directing the movie adaptation. And he also directed Crazy Rich Asians and the movie musical In the Heights, uh, which is a Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. So, hey, Wicked fans, we have a director for our movie. We're one step closer. Woot woot. Um, and then my final piece of information is that CW has released all of the shows that are renewed. Um, so we've got all American for season four, Batwoman for season three, charmed for season four in the dark for season four, Nancy drew for season three, Roswell, New Mexico season four, Riverdale season six, Walker season two dynasty season five flash season eight, Legacy Season 4, and DC's Legend of Tomorrow Season 7. They've all been renewed, so we get to look forward to those.
0: Interesting. That's really early. Especially really timely, seeing as we did a CW episode last yeah. week. Um, but anything on Superman and Lois? I know they haven't premiered that one yet, but did they, are they kind of keeping quiet on whether they're planning a Season
1: 2?
2: I think they're keeping quiet because it hasn't come out yet. Um, and they might do like a um, Super Bowl promo or at least, like, release one on YouTube because, you know, Super Bowl is really stupid expensive for commercials. Um, but also that reminds me, we are supposed to be getting a new Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, trailer uh, on the Super Bowl, so this coming Sunday. And I believe they're also releasing Black Widow, a new trailer for that, and possibly something for WandaVision or one of their other shows that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. So, I'm Disney plus is going
0: crazy on the ads for everything like as as much as i love seeing new ads i'm like don't spoil everything please. <laughs> isaac have you got anything for us
1: um i don't have any new uh nerd news i suppose but it is black history month so you could go and learn something about black history associated with nerd culture mm-hmm. and maybe support support some uh you know black uh businesses artists or content creators
0: Yes. Great idea. Um, for my front on geek news, um, Thor Love and Thunder set photos got released since we last uh, met up, which did confirm that the Guardians of the Galaxy will be making an appearance in Thor Love and Thunder. Specifically, uh, Nebula has a new Phase 4 outfit, and it looks like Kraglin is making an appearance and will be a member of the Guardians as of Thor Love and Thunder and Guardians 3. Oh, uh, yes. I know, very excited uh, just to see how um, everything works with his new toy after that he received in Guardians 2. Um, also, Disney Plus did uh, announce uh, new titles that will be coming to the platform in February. Uh, some notable titles, uh, throwbacks to my childhood, um, was the Disney XD show uh, Pair of Kings will be making an appearance on Disney, uh, on Disney Plus. Um, and a really old throwback that I forgot about uh, but uh, Jake Long, American Dragon, will be coming to Disney Plus later this month.
1: And oh, I thought that was yeah. really cool because I
0: haven't <laughs> watched that show or heard anything about that since it got, like, I don't know if it was canceled or what, but since it stopped airing back in, like, 2007 or something like that, it was two old.
2: seasons, too. I know. Like, when I saw that it only had two seasons, I was like, what? No, this show, it needs more seasons. So, you know, if we can get all the little kids to watch... Jake Long, American Dragon. Um, can we get more seasons on that Disney? I'm calling you out right now. Like, give us more seasons,
0: or straight up reboot, depending on I like a new season slash reboot. If they're going to do something yep. like that, yeah. um, reboot. I don't
1: still with Dante Bosco
0: yeah that's what i'm saying if they can yeah. get the if they can get the voice actors back that would then mm-hmm. i say new season but if they can't then i i might be fine with a reboot uh depends uh my last bit of news is today a new trailer dropped for the dc animated movie justice society world war ii um i'm a big fan of the dc animated movie universe um there's like there's like two distinct different dc animated movie universes but um this is like the Part of the era of the new ones that have come out since uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, and I don't know what its relation is because I'm not caught up on. That's the last one I watched in that lineage. So if there's any relation, I'm not sure. But that'd be really cool, seeing as the end of uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War was very. Uh, Im- the Flash was very important, and the Flash is very important in Justice Society World War II, as it looks out, uh, as it seems to be from the trailer. So, I'm excited about that. Yeah. All right. Um, so, that is it for our geek news today. Um, and then kind of returning to our uh, opening question, since it is the month of February and when this episode is released, it will be about a week until Valentine's Day. Um, but as geeks, uh, that romantic holiday is uh, overshadowed by something we uh, here at Raven Geeks consider to be much more important, and that would be Valentine's Day. Uh, as Hope has adequately named it here in our discussion chats and stuff. Um, so today on the podcast, we're just going to be talking about some of our favorite villains, uh, what makes a good villain, and stuff like that. Bad guys all around. So um, uh, breathe like Darth Vader, put on your helmets, wear your cape, flap your wings, uh, whatever you your favorite villain does, uh, relax, and uh, let's go. So first question that we, we have to pose um, is what makes a good villain like what characteristics makes one stand out um, what like through lines do you see in some of your favorite villains or is is there one thing that you can say that makes a good villain or is it the variety that counts
1: um, I would say something that is very important to a villain is he has to have he or she or they or they robots um they have to have an like a understandable like reason to be doing what they're doing not just be evil for the sake of evil
2: i kind of want to disagree with that i would also
1: argue against that
2: because i feel like there are some really good villains that are evil just for the pure sake of being evil and I I honestly would say that going off of your understanding, like, why they're evil, like, yeah, you have to be evil for the sake of being evil. But, like, you also have to, like, understand this character. Like, you have to have, like, a good, like, I don't not backstory, but, like, kind of sort of reasoning for their truly evilness. Because, um, like, I don't know, I feel like there are some really cliche lines, like... um, like they're okay sorry words I know what I want to say but words are just like poof gone um like you can have the cliche villain of like either revenge driven by revenge or um like they think that they're doing the right thing but they're really the, the villain um but if it's not written really well then it just stays in the cliche and they're not a good villain but if you have writing that's really good for it or if it's like an actor who's portraying it if the actor does a really good job of portraying the villain even though like the writing might not be good like you have to have someone who can make them really good I don't know that's my reasoning because you can have a truly evil villain for the sake of being evil as long as they're written well
1: no you, yeah yeah
0: i think there's another level to it as well like not just like great writing but like i think the purpose of the villain Mm -hmm. um some villains like if they're written like they're evil just to be evil that's not interesting but then there's also the villains that are like hyper aware that they are evil (laughs) and then just don't care and those i think are really interesting like i'm evil just because that's what i want to do and it's like but you could be good he's like but that's boring and, like, yeah. there's those kinds of villains. And I think that's really interesting. But then you have the ones that are like, I have no real motivation. I just do bad things because it's the opposite of what a good guy would do. And I, th- I, I, so I agree with you for those villains, Isaac. But then I side with hope for the ones that are a little more complex. I think there, it's definitely a spectrum. Yeah, I can agree with that.
2: Yes. So, and I think it also depends on who the hero is, too, like, of the story. If your protagonist is kind of like... The I don't want to do anything, and like you have to force them into fighting the villain. Then I feel like you're also going to side with the villain because, like, why would you want to be the good guy if this is who you have to be with? Um, but also, like, if you have a hero that's super strong, you also don't necessarily want a villain that's going to be just like, eh, I tipped over that chair because I can. Like, why'd you tip over the chair? Oh, because that old lady there is going to trip over it. Like, you know, doing it for the chaos type thing. Um, and like building upon that, I think it would make better for, a, if you have a strong hero, then you need the strong villain as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's a nice like clause that I think I always like to follow mentally, which is if, if you create a really powerful hero, the villain better be more powerful in order to mm-hmm. actually be a, a threat. see and
0: then i would diverge from
1: that i think some of the most powerful
0: heroes they don't need the most powerful villains like the thing that comes to mind with superman is like he he can't be beat he's the strongest being on the planet generally in the universe but his biggest rival is just a human and that's lex Luthor. and lex Luthor is just smarter yeah and so there's like um where they're um their strengths and weaknesses complement each other. Like Lex Luthor is really as smart as he is. He's not introspective. Um, he's really bad at recognizing that he's a bad guy. Cause in a lot of incarnations of Lex Luthor, he's like, I'm trying to kill Superman because he's like a threat. Like he will turn on us and destroy us. And in his mind, he's a really good guy, but then he, he's, he's not reflective. Like he needs to go back to like high school when you'd have to do like the circle discussions and talk with people <laughs> and see other people's point of view um
2: i want to then like, when you have
0: like argue um,
2: with you really quickly before you continue i don't think that superman's uh biggest threat is a human i think it's a rock
0: I think oh, yeah, it's
1: a, <laughs> a human was a rock
0: <laughs> so good point um however kryptonite is lex Luthor's biggest weapon that's how he evens the playing field yeah. but that's like a level of intelligence too because depending on which um incarnation i know in most like kryptonite is like a fragment of krypton other times it's like synthetic and yada 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 so um finding it and using it is a is a whole nother thing than it just existing too so a lot of superman villains as much as they rely on it that's where they even the playing field and that's how you can make some villains interesting because if superman can just punch them through a wall real quick and like there's no obstacle to overcome then uh it's not as interesting but if they can you know, find either a a mental flaw or, like, with Kryptonite, a physical flaw that makes it more interesting to follow Superman, but also makes that villain more interesting because they're not just, you know, another person he can punch through the wall.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's Um, a rock. It's a rock. It's it's a rock. Like, Superman gets taken down by a rock. And
0: uh, sunlight, depending on what color it is. If
2: it... if he red sun right that's red sun
0: takes him down yellow sun powers him up blue sun wicked powers him up um but also (laughs) uh, there's we could do a whole episode on (laughs) superman lore but um i think another thing too talking about like comparing them to the hero is um i think there's two stereotypical ways you kind of map some really good villains out one of them is they mirror the hero almost exactly and then they have like one diverging point, usually like in their morality. And like the villain is saying, like, "Hey, here's your favorite hero, and I'm what they would be if we had this one thing different." And some of my favorite heroes are, or some of my favorite heroes and villain complements. Um, that's that's the like map they follow. Is the hero is this like shining light, uh, something to aspire to, and then the villain is. Um, you know, one wrong choice away from the hero.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's also great when a hero becomes a villain because of usually that one wrong choice, like uh, mm-hmm. in injustice when Superman is the bad guy. Brilliant. My favorite <laughs> games of all time. Uh,
0: I love that. And the true villain of that series is not Superman. It is wonder woman. Cause she encouraged him to be a villain.
1: <laughs> yes. I've been saying this. Uh, um, um, what makes a good villain? If I could quote mega mind, um, anyone could be a villain, but in order to be a super one, it's all about presentation. Presentation. <laughs> That's such a good
0: quote. Uh,
1: I, when, when
0: thinking about this episode, I thought of Megamind a lot and I almost went back and rewatched it just for some philosophical arguments on villains. Cause it makes like good ones. Cause Megamind like very differently, like, or like just a few differences, he would have been like an incredibly good superhero, but just because he was pitted against, um, uh, metro man metro man you know he's like metro metro man's everything i want to be so i need to take that from him instead of saying like mega uh, metro man has his own strengths but i have my own strengths so we could work together like it's just that yeah m- the mentality
2: well it's um, also everybody else like pushing him down because he's different so mm-hmm. like they're like no you are the villain like you have the same powers but you're the villain because you look different and i think yeah. that goes into like stan lee's argument like when he made x-men too like just because you're different doesn't make you a villain it's just you know because we can have superheroes that are different we can have s- villains that are different but it depends on what you choose and what society pushes on them too
1: Mhm. oh yeah T-
0: speaking of x-men Magneto's a, an interesting one to look at too <sighs> and talking about that um same as the hero but one difference is like mm-hmm. he and professor x have all these like i mean they have that history together you know they are they lead very similar lives as, like, early mutants. Um, but then Magneto's like, I'm treated differently because I'm a mutant, so I'm going to destroy the non-mutant world. Professor X is like, well, let's integrate it so we can understand them and they can understand us. Like that, you yeah. know, yeah. slight in, difference.
1: In Magneto's mind, he's not a villain. He's yeah. not a bad guy. He is a hero for mutant kind.
0: And sometimes he really is a hero, like, more of, in a more objective sense, too. Yeah. So...
2: Well, Um, if you look at X-Men First Class, too, like, he was driven to destroy another mutant with um, Kevin Bacon's character that I can't remember his name, but, you know, because Kevin Bacon's character killed Magneto's mom. All of a sudden, Magneto's just like, you gotta die, bro, and I don't care how long it takes. Mm
0: -hmm. Good point. Um, I know I, I mentioned two, and I didn't mention the other one, but we have that, like, slightly, you know, the same, but, like, one difference. But then there's also other villains, and I'll, I'll give examples of this, is, like, they are the exact opposite of what the hero stands for. And while I feel like that one gets overplayed a lot, I feel like when it's done really well, it's really, really powerful. Uh, so, like, examples would be, uh, like, any Sith Lord in Star Wars. <laughs> um, well, not any. I'll take that back. Like, thinking the difference between, like, Luke Skywalker and Emperor Palpatine. Very, very different. But then if you... uh, Those are like the parallels. Like light side versus dark. These opposites and different ideals. But then you look at like Luke versus Vader. And uh, Luke is how Vader would have turned out if he just didn't make... There's a couple of bad decisions that Anakin made to become Vader. But um, if he just hadn't made that final turn. Like Luke is like tempted in the same... Or similar way. But um, in the end... Luke is strong enough to choose the light side. Vader chose the dark side.
2: To be fair to like Star Wars villains though, wasn't there like a fan theory that came out that like, if you were above a certain height, you went to the dark side. And if you were below, (laughs) you were the light side. And like, if you hit that height, you kind of like teetered.
0: Oh, you were a gray Jedi or something in between. (laughs) No, I hadn't
1: heard that. That's. I don't think I had heard that either. But as someone that watches Star Wars, I can kind of understand that.
2: If you look it, it up, it makes... Oh, like, they go through, like, all of the characters and their height and, like, how, like, oh, yeah, they're on the dark side. They're on so, the light side. So
1: Yoda is the most <laughs> good Jedi, most <laughs> good person because he's the smallest?
0: Um, Actually, as of Mandalorian, I'm going to debunk that theory because I think Grogu's a Sith Lord. <laughs> oh,
1: I understand that.
0: I don't think he is yet, but, I I want to see Darth Grogu as, like, a... As, yeah. I've seen concept art, I mean, and I think it's really funny. He 4 choked uh Cara Dune. Cara Dune. <laughs> and she, uh, like, what, did something ba- not even bad once. She's just like, no, she was arm-wrestling Mando and winning, yeah. so he's like... <laughs>
1: this is a I'm 50-year-old sorry, alien like, right here.
2: <laughs> like, a, a baby Yoda that's, like, this big just being evil is just throwing tamper tantrums. Like, let's be honest.
0: Oh, but- but because of that Cara Dune scene, I'm like, he just, he, I feel like he loves chaos. And like, if Luke doesn't like train that out of him, um, I feel like he could be like an actual problem. Yeah.
2: Maybe we um, get a Dark Yoda. You never
0: know. I think it'd be fun. Um, and I know there's like star Wars one-off comics where you see like some, I don't know if it's Yoda or like Yoda species as like a dark side force user, which would be interesting. Um, but another aspect kind of like similar under the umbrella of what makes a good villain. Um, I feel like we, we went to like some of like the more complicated stuff, but I think Mm -hmm. like the basis to be a villain, someone has to kind of have low morality, um, and work against the protagonist, like those two things combined. Yeah. is really the basics of it. But then, like, as we, like, get into these upper-level things that we kind of talked about, like, whether they foil them, uh, their relationship with the protagonist and stuff like that, um, there's different types of villains, too. And I did my best to, like, kind of categorize and give examples. Um, so I'll start with a category that I think is important to distinguish. But I think there's uh, there's the comedic, or I call them yeah. the ones that are bad at being bad. Um mm-hmm. And the way I've distinguished my like my villain tier list is there's, there's three variables. There's their awareness, their intentions, and whether or not they want to be a villain. Um, and the comedic ones are not aware of anything. They're low awareness, <laughs> but they have bad intentions, but they also want to be a villain. So, like, I'm thinking, like, Gru at the beginning of Despicable Me. Like, yeah. I am bad to the bone, but also I adopted three children, and now I have a family. Whoops. Like, that kind of <laughs> stuff.
2: To be fair, he was going, I'm adopting these children so I can get into this other villain's lair to steal the shrink ray so I can steal the moon. Like, (laughs) it was purely, like, he adopted them for, like, evil purposes. He
0: would have been, if he was good at being bad, he would have either sent them back to the orphanage or used them as, like, he would have just grouped them in with the minions and, like, all right, now you you make all my Mm -hmm. evil inventions. But... He's bad at being bad, so he, like, became their dad.
1: Oh, that rhymes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, very reminiscent of Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb, yes! who is awful at being bad to the point where he constantly ends up doing good things almost. Uh, but he, and he, he only has the vendetta, too, against Perry pretty much. But yep. like,
0: And it's every episode, it's like, I'm going to talk about my past and this thing that messed me up <laughs> but then so i don't have this continuous vendetta once i like have you heard the theory that like perry and like the whole organization are just like therapy animals that help these like super villains like work through their trauma by letting them tell their stories but stopping them before they like do harm i love that <laughs> oh it's it's adorable but i'm like okay that makes so much sense um but also um Doofenshmirtz is a king, never making any assumptions that when he sees a platypus that it's Perry the platypus. <laughs> be like Dr. Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> so, Nate, uh. You
2: said the, like, the, the comedic villain, and I immediately thought Deadpool. I know he's supposed to be like hero. I, I
0: also like, like <laughs> debated put, ha- talking about Deadpool here just because he is an anti-hero, but also like... If he, if he also was like the weirdest tier of villain where he's like, I want to be so bad, but also I like I end up being a good guy and I don't want that, but it yeah. happens.
2: I feel like he, he, he definitely fits with doofenshmirtz and grew in that aspect of like, I'm going to do evil, but it adds up being good and dang it. Why did it become good?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely see these villains like popping up more and like, stuff meant for kids or like parody content. Like these usually aren't your like super serious. Like these villains will rarely show up in like Oscar nominated dramas um, and stuff like yes. that. Probably cause they're comedic, but like I I could not think of an, uh, an example where there, it was like a serious tone and you had a villain that was bad at being bad. Like even not necessarily comedic, but they weren't good at it. So if anyone can think of those, Ah, uh, leave a comment, or if we think of one later in the episode, chime in. Um, but then going back to my three variables, um if you guys have other variables you want to add in, please interrupt me because there's so much complexity and depth to this.
2: I, I mean, I feel like a big like part is also creep factor because you have uh. some of the villains that like you're like, no you you don't look creepy, like that stereotypical villain, evil person look, like, you're not you can't be evil, like um, Ted Bundy,
0: that's how Ted Bundy got away with everything he did he's exactly. like, I'm attractive, I don't look like a serial killer,
2: like, yeah and, and actually,
0: I mentioned that later in my
2: I was gonna say, like, I mean, other than the fact that, you know, she pink, and, you know, just giving off the yeah um but like Dolores sunbridge like you just kind of look at her and you think oh maybe she's like that little auntie that's just like no no
0: she's racist aunt yeah
2: so i think but like she doesn't give off the creep factor until she starts talking and doing stuff um so like that kind of villain also like sneaks up on you um and i think oh, the
0: surprise villain the aesthetic does not match the intentions exactly
2: and so um Yeah, I think creep factor, because, like, if you've got a villain who looks like, you know, the stereotypical mad scientist or whatever, like, you're just like, okay, he's the villain, whatever. But, like, if you've got, like, the surprise villain, I feel like that kind of adds to...
0: Ooh, Hans from Frozen. Yes.
1: yeah.
2: Sidetrack. There was someone who made a social media post that their dad was upset because Hans... Had red hair, and Elsa, you know, was with the white hair, so she had ice powers. And he was expecting Hans to have fire powers, and was really upset that Hans didn't have fire powers. And I feel like that would have added, like,
0: doesn't Anna also have red hair?
2: Yeah, but like it's
0: um, yeah,
1: but like being I'm, the I should have had summer powers. Okay, yeah, just saying.
0: Uh, she didn't. Oh wait, never mind. Elsa was born with her powers. Yep. Yeah. So
2: that's it. Frozen 2 explains why Elsa kind of sort of has her powers, but it doesn't explain why Anna doesn't have her powers. And it's just like, but it kind of sort of does because apparently there's five elements instead of just,
0: yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Frozen 2 is a fun movie. Um, But also Hans, um, if I was to like be a Disney villain, he's, he's on my list. (laughs) I would, I think I could play a pretty good Hans. Um, And then, um, another category of villain that I really like—I'm um, calling it uh, the misguided hero. Sorry, I,
2: uh, I just thought of something for the surprise villain. It just like came to my mind as we were talking about like Disney, and I went from uh, Weaselton to Weselton um, to uh, Zootopia and the Lamb, uh, the deputy mayor. You know, she's that surprise villain of oh look, I'm cute, I'm a sheep, my hair is fluffy, and to psych, I want to get rid of all of the predators. Sorry. Literally
0: wolf in sheep's clothing. Racist. Uh, That's, uh, I, going through the villain stuff, I just realized, like, that's a big trope. Like, it's, like, Mm -hmm. If it's sci-fi, they're space racist against aliens. If it's Harry Potter, they're they're wizard racist. Like whatever makes people different, <laughs> it's just like like we take our our current societal race problems and just mirror that onto um, you know the the fictional world. Which and as as much as I like knew what happened a lot for this episode, it happens like every time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like which sucks because it makes some of your stuff, favorite stuff seem unoriginal. But at the same time, if you just like ignore that, it's still fun. Um, but one of my favorite, uh, what's it called categories of villain is the misguided hero. And that's the villain that thinks they're the good guy and thinks the good guy is the bad guy. Um, so for, for my variables, they've got low awareness. Cause they're not, they, they don't know that they're the villain. Uh, they have bad intentions, but they're not aware that they have bad intentions, um, but they don't want to be the villain. They're like, I'm the good guy. Um, I know I already mentioned Lex Luthor, but I also throw Voldemort in this category. Cause I feel like he's like, Uh, As much as he's after power and everything, he's also like, I I genuinely think I'm doing good. And as much as these people don't, I know that one's, that one I feel like is controversial, but I think Voldemort thinks he's the good guy.
2: I was more going, um, I was trying to decide if I wanted to put uh, Grindelwald in there um, Mm -hmm. or if he was the pure evil, um, because like he has similar attributes to what Voldemort's philosophy is. Uh, but I feel like he also just, like, is evil, too. Like, not mm-hmm. under, Like he doesn't necessarily want the good for everybody else, but, like, good for him more. And, like, oh, if you are my follower or, like, on my side, then I'll spread the good to you instead of, like, Voldemort, where it's like, yeah, if you're a pl- pure blood, uh, then we're fine. Or, you know, I guess we'll accept half-bloods, but... You know, we won't accept Muggleborns or uh, Muggles at all. So, but yeah, so I was debating if I wanted to put Grindelwald in there or not. But I feel like he's kind of in there, but also like steps into like just the um, egotistical uh, narcissist villain. So,
1: um, agreed. Um, and to to add on to the the misguided hero trope is you could put in any almost any civilization that that pretty much follows the like imperialistic type of like government style and the fact that like the empire in star wars thinks they're the good guys they are keeping order and um you know if you to them rebels are they're rebels they're terrorists they're trying to stop the order um same thing with uh uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that, I guess. Um, Templars and
0: Assassin's Creed.
1: Exactly. Yes. Keeping They keep order. They think they're doing right. Um, you could say a lot of the during colonialism in real life, there was a lot of civilizations that thought they were doing right by, by taking over these uh, non-civilized, in quotes, uh, peoples, when really they're kind of the bad guy <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's 100 percent. i think um just
2: well okay again this is kind of sorta and i can't fully remember his name but he's played by idris alba in the star trek movie uh the third one um and i feel like he's like the misguided because he'd gotten he and his crew got had gotten forgotten about by um yeah, I
0: didn't. I watched the first two of the new Star Trek, and of course, the one I didn't watch, <laughs> um, so I can't add in on this.
2: Okay, but like, he want he, he's like the misguided because he feels like he's um, helping by getting rid of um, what on my command fleet um, essentially in like the outposts that we've created. But he honestly is creating more chaos because he's essentially like turning people against each other and destroying people. But he's still like that misguided villain, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's also a surprise villain because you don't realize who he is. You think he's just this alien race, but then it turns out he was actually a Starfleet commander and he had to adapt to look like an alien so he could survive. And so yeah, he fits into multiple categories.
1: Yeah. Um, Yes, I, I've only seen the movie once and a long time ago, but you're giving me all these flashbacks. Yes. Um, uh, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, uh, specifically <laughs> from the animated version. Um, as much as the live action is nice, that one is kind of a warmonger. The one in the animated version is literally like he's a very popular guy in town. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes fun of this one girl. He is like, I look past that. I want to marry the girl everyone's making fun of. And then she gets kidnapped by a monster. And he's like, I have to go kill the monster and bring her back. Um, He thinks he's technically, he thinks he's a good guy, but he is very much a misogynist.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. I think we're touching on something too. Like as I'm like listening to us talk, I feel like like two P words popped into my head. And I thought in my head they were the same, but perspective and philosophy are like a mm-hmm. big part. Cause um, I know I mentioned earlier, like that foil, like just, you know, one thing is different. And one of those, I think a lot of that time the difference is perspective, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time there's also that major difference in like, you know at my fundamental philosophical level I want to challenge this social norm and people are going to think I'm evil. And a lot of the times I am, but sometimes I'm right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's, that's uh, another Aspect of it um on the flip side of the misguided hero, uh, flipping the the awareness and intentions category, um, they have high awareness with good intentions and don't want to be a villain, but they're still a villain, and that's uh, I haven't come up with a good name. I just call them good intentions, but know their actions aren't right because <laughs> I can't think of something um, or the a fallen angel ooh I guess that one works Lucifer Lucifer lucifer
2: because
0: Um, not a villain in most of the comic book stuff but like biblically i could give you that
2: but also he's the aware of his powers and is trying to do good and he always in the show is always saying i don't um make people do bad things i punish the damned but we make him out to be evil so i feel Mm -hmm. like you know he is created to be the villain but he's trying to be good and do good things
0: i interpreted it slightly differently because i would call lucifer a hero like i know like he's the protagonist of the show and then you can have like the perspective of like um like with the new uh corella with emma stone mm-hmm. coming out my guess is like this movie will take the perspective but, like we know she's the villain but we're taking her perspective and trying following her along with that i think with Lucifer, it's like, you think he'd be the villain, but like once you take his perspective, you no longer see that. Um, but the one that pops into my head for this one is uh, Mr. Freeze from Batman, mm. who is like, he's like, literally, don't count Batman and Robin movie. That's not the same Mr. Freeze. Um, <laughs> he just wants to make everything cold there. But um, in most incarnations of Mr. Freeze, the reason he commits crime and does everything is so he can continue his scientific research and save his wife. But to do that, he kills a lot of other people. So there's like, he's like, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm bad. But my wife matters so much to me, I don't care. Okay, um, um,
1: oh, go ahead.
2: Okay. I was, I, I'm going to pull in the angels from Supernatural. Other than Cass and like a couple others, um, because basically the angels and this will come up in my later uh, in my list. um, But the angels are dicks (laughs) like and then you go and you see some of the demons and the demons are trying to help the Winchesters and the angels are just like, no, destroy the Winchesters. And yeah, so I mean, there are bad demons, just like there's good angels, but I feel like it got flipped in supernatural that they flipped everything and also like spoiler, but they make God a dick too. Like he starts off really nice, but like he turns out to be just a dick, like his angels. So I, I feel like they're that high, like they know what they're doing and they claim to be doing good, but they're really the villains.
1: Um, Now, I don't know if he would be in, uh, the character I'm about to talk about would be a misguided hero or in this new, this other concept of doing bad things, but because they know it's what they have to do. But, uh, Ozzy Mendias from, uh, uh, Mendias. Oh, Ozymandias. I love that. Yes. Um, and either whether you read it or you watched it, he, you know, he is a hero who's the smartest man in the world. Um, but he, he willingly, kills like one third of the population in billions. order billions of people in order to pretty much foster world peace and i don't really know how much it dwells because he, he questions if he did what what was right he asks uh uh dr manhattan and dr manhattan's like i don't know I don't uh know. you messed with my power so i can't tell you yeah he's like it's too late anyways you already did it but he does it in order to, to create world of peace. And he does succeed. But he, he, he knows he kind of did bad. He killed people along the way. He did all this stuff for this end goal. I don't know if he's technically... If he thinks he's a hero or if he knows that it's bad. But it's to create a bigger, better world. And he was still the one that decided to pull the trigger.
2: If you're going to make that argument, are you going to say Thanos is the same?
0: Endgame Thanos. <laughs> but only MCU yeah. Thanos. Because if you look yeah. at comics, Thanos...
2: He did Very it to impress different. Death. He wanted yeah. to yeah. court Death, and they didn't do that in the MCU. And it-
0: the thing that I love about the MCU is they're like they make like the snap this big thing, but in the comics it was just like, well, I could do it with a snap of the finger, and then he just does it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then like he literally could have been anything. He could have clapped. He could have just thought about it. And I think in the MCU, like the snap, it just symbolizes like the the mental will to do whatever you're asking the stones to do, and that's why it took Hulk so long in Endgame to snap, because he was trying to do stuff the stones wouldn't let him do, mm-hmm. um, such as bring that back, that's my theory. Yeah. Um, but then with Thanos, it's like, this is really easy. I'm going to take away half the stuff. Mm-hmm. Half the living stuff.
2: Which includes, you know, the trees and the animals. It's not that's what I
0: think candy. a lot of people forget about, too, is that includes every living thing. <laughs> so
2: he um, literally just went, okay, you're at 10. But now you're a small scale tent. Like, no. <laughs> Made oh, more sense also, when he just killed people, like Gamora's, um, her planet, when, you know, he actually just rounded up people and went, split you in half. Okay, now kill this half. Like, then they still had all the resources. And, you know, uh, we do had-
0: not, we, as much as we say this is like, that makes his plan more sense. We don't we, we don't condone either side. No. Um. You also could just you know double the resources with <laughs> the, the snap.
1: That so was the logic. <laughs> Make everyone <laughs> half their height. Just shrink everyone, and then suddenly there's tons oh of stuff.
2: Like the the movie uh, with Matt Damon. Um, what was it? Life size or something? Maybe,
1: uh, yeah. Like mini me. I don't know something. Yeah,
2: where they basically Downsized. like hey downsize That's what it was. Uh, if you want to shrink yourself so that you use less resources, go do this. I actually haven't watched that movie, but like
1: <laughs> but no the the Thanos from from infinity war who who had this great plan and like did it and he knew that what the cost was yeah he he would be a probably this villain that knew what he was doing was bad, but he did it for the,
0: mm-hmm. the greater for girl. a better
1: world for greater girl pretty good, but then uh, Thanos in Endgame uh, The Warlord that guy was just bad
0: I have to reduce this world to atoms and build it up, those who knew what once was, well, like all that stuff the whole like, I a grateful world and I was like, I'm like, that happened I'm like Oh crap, he's no longer the Van- This is not the
1: Thanos we met <laughs> before.
2: This is the Thanos we had previews of when they hadn't uh, cast um,
1: Josh Brolin.
2: Josh Brolin, and they couldn't decide what color purple to make Thanos.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of
0: Josh Brolin, I think we can throw Cable in this uh, category too, Ooh. specifically from Deadpool 2. I know he's a bit different in the comics, but mm-hmm. the yeah, I need to go back in time so I can kind of like and you know, kill this kid. Mm-hmm. But just so the future doesn't get destroyed by his powers, but also then Deadpool's like we could you know just you know talk to him.
2: <laughs> so then I don't have you guys seen Heroes the show Heroes?
0: Is that right. on FX?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's on Amazon Prime. It's an older show, and then they brought back it brought it it back um, as Heroes Reborn with Zachary Levi as a villain, which.
0: Zachary Levi is a villain.
2: Yes, it was weird. Um, After him being Chuck and adorable to badass villain and Shazam. Yeah, I think he was villain pre Shazam. So, um, but it's I feel like Siler and then uh, Peter Petrelli might be in this because, like, I mean Siler has his own view on how the world is and Peter's like no I need to protect and Siler's like hey I need to kill the cheerleader and Peter's like no protect the cheerleader because she's what saves us and they go through this whole thing it's it it changes over time um throughout the seasons too but I feel like we could bring in both of those because Peter also goes bad at one point so
1: save the cheerleader save the world does not yeah. it, doesn't it, what is, it, is it Silas Siler. Siler? Doesn't... Yeah. Isn't his, like, power that if he kills someone with powers, he can take their power?
2: I, I don't fully remember. I don't know.
1: Any but, any, yeah. any nerd that's watching, no, you that's, can yell um, at me if I'm wrong. Peter.
2: Peter Petrelli does that. I, I think thought, Siler maybe does it later, but, like, because Claire has, like, she's invincible. She can't die, essentially. And Peter dies at one point and like Claire touches him and Peter absorbs her power essentially. So he doesn't die. Um, Maybe in like later seasons, I don't fully remember if Siler goes back, but Hey, if people are watching heroes, I know my dad's going to comment on this because he probably remembers it more than I do. Um, But like, yeah, if you remember, correct us. That is
0: the most villain power I've ever heard. Hey, if you kill someone, you can get their powers. Yeah. Like, like incentive to kill. Sweet um and then we've already touched on this category it was the last one i came up with um but like the pure evil the ones that are just amoral don't do anything i put them as high awareness with bad intentions and want to be a villain um these are your these are your emperor palpatines as much as he has like this other thing like he's, he uses the dark side to use the dark side because he likes the power um the joker um any serial killer villain uh generally they're like wicked smart and they're like i know killing's wrong but I don't care and stuff like that. That's my, that's personally my favorite category of villain. Cause I find that really interesting because I can't relate to that at all. Would like Penguin the,
2: from the show Gotham fit into this category?
0: I would put Penguin as, mm, that's a good one. I, I wouldn't do Penguin just because he has the whole like backstory of like, he wants to rise through the ranks and just like, and he does good things mm-hmm. sometimes and i think he he's just after power yeah. but not like he has a limit and i feel like the the villains that really fit this category they're like nothing phases them they're truly amoral and they're, they have no issue with uh you know they have no more lines to cross if that makes sense
2: so yeah it does and I just thought of the show Titans, which was on DC Universe and, like, Netflix and everywhere else except for the United States because we needed to pay for DC's streaming service. Um,
0: I had the streaming service, and I watched, like, two episodes, and then I, my streaming service subscription ended, and I didn't want to pay for it anymore. And now it's on HBO Max. <laughs>
2: um, but having, like, Batman kill Joker in Titans... And then Batman just goes pure evil and needs uh, Dick Grayson to come bring him back. Like, I feel like that kind of Batman is would be that pure evil because he's defeated his greatest villain.
0: What Actually, that, that exists in comics and that is called the Batman Who Laughs, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest comic book characters to be created in the last five years. Um, that whole, like, the DC... Uh, metal arc is like insanely good Um, and uh, so what happens in that is like basically every in like the negative multiverse where like everything goes wrong and like the villains technically win um, in the storylines match um, what is it called like so each member of the Justice League Mm. Batman gets their powers and turns evil so it's Batman mixed with a different member of the Justice League and evil, but for the Batman on, I get it's. Uh, this is going to sound wrong, but the Batman on Batman universe, um, Batman kills the Joker, but Joker toxin from Joker's like body leaks out after Batman kills him, infects Batman, and now it's the Joker with the intelligence, skills, and resources of Batman. Alrighty. Mm. Um, terrifying! It, it is, oh, <laughs> it it's terrifying. the most ridiculous villain ever. Also, if, if this one's more new and I recommended the comic I think it was two episodes ago, but the same negative multiverse thing happened with Batman and Darkseid. Um yeah, so the the intelligence resources and skills of Batman with the intelligence resources and skills of Darkseid. Um I Wow, what a villain <laughs> <laughs> Um so uh, to finish off the episode before we get to our just general recommendations, uh, we all have prepared a top five list of our favorite villains. So, uh, how I think we should start this is like the our the personal like restrictions we had for ourselves, um, and then we can get into like number five. We say it, number four, you say it, and so on. Um, so I'll start my my categories and uh, the my number five. I guess I'll start with that. Um, so my restrictions for this is, um, I'm not counting any villain that has a redemption arc. So if they can end up becoming a good guy, um, they're, they're out. So, uh, Loki's out from the MCU. Um, Vader is technically out. Kylo Ren is technically out. Zuko from Avatar, the last airbender is out, uh, stuff like that. I'm also counting for the most part. There's, there's one person on my list that kind of falls out of this, but, um, all of their media presence is what I'm judging, not like a specific version or anything in general, but like who that villain is as in all of media, not just by one portrayal or one like actor that played them or one voice actor that played them or one uh, type of that character from a comic. Um, And then the thing that uh, really, uh, like I said before, my favorite uh, category is like that pure evil, amoral stuff. But the that on top of like villains that are just like really smart about being a villain, uh, whether that means like they're actually like creatively intelligent or they're just like so good at being bad that it's like like a special skill, like in a resume, they could just put evil and they'd be really good. Um, and like you would get hired if you were just looking for someone that was evil. So that's my um, that's my take. My number five on my list is Zaheer from The Legend of Korra season three. Um, if you haven't watched it, Zaheer, um, Legend of Korra, each season, uh, the villain corresponds to some uh, political ideology. And Zaheer is an anarchist. Like he is like no government, no control, no anything. Um, and one of the, that's one of the reasons I really like, liked him because his philosophy works really well in theory. But then he just takes everything way too far and everything, you know, descends into chaos. Um, And, like, nothing he says on, like, the philosophical level I, like, inherently disagree with. But then he goes around killing people, and that's a problem. Um, Also, just as a nostalgic bonus, um, Zaheer's the reason if uh, I was in the uh, Avatar universe, I'd want to be an airbender. Because seeing Aang airbend in, like, last airbender is like okay that's really cool like it's really stru- like but Aang is like a pacifist and he's not going to do all like the the crazy stuff. Zaheer is not a pacifist um, and has no problem with straight up murder and seeing someone airbend like in such a violent way I was like nah I'd be an airbender. Not because I'm like condoning <laughs> violence but because um, I just like seeing Zaheer airbend I'm like that's style of airbending I would try to learn not the way that uh, Aang intends to do it. So, uh, Isaac, do you want to go next?
1: I will. Um, yeah, I also kind of I, I, I cut away uh, anti-heroes. I thought long and hard about how much I really like, like certain villains. And I was like, but I can't because those people either turn good or have a streak of goodness or aren't really evil in the first place. And so I tried to go with just villains. And then I also tried to I, – I thought long and hard. I tried not to do too st- much – too many stereotypical villains i suppose um but my my number five villain is the beast from over the garden wall i don't know if either of you have seen that uh in which case i don't want to spoil everything because it's a great show uh he is for almost the entire uh there's 10 episodes for almost all of those episodes you just see this tall silhouette with like antlers and he has this like deep, smooth voice. He's very charismatic and he's got like just glowing eyes. And it's a super eeriness of like being in the woods. And the, the main characters are in this place. They don't know. And they keep hearing about the beast. And there's just like this well vocalized man who uh, is walking around the woods doing stuff. Um. And also just, he has a great reveal like i don't know it's just like a character that i wouldn't have thought of uh and he he is an evil person he cares not about the lives of others uh they are but fuel for his fire he's pretty sick
0: nice hope i'm excited to hear your pick
2: okay um so i ranked mine um from for by uh whether they were like the wrong path evil Um, where, like, something made it so that they had, like, kind of forced them to be evil or, like, they picked um, the wrong choices and became evil um, to truly evil. Um, And so my, like, number five, so it was a tie because technically, like, it's both the King Arthur story, but it's two different shows. And I will say that all of my villains are, like, specific to, um, like, a show or movie um so I have Morgana from Merlin um because she starts off and she's super good and like wants to do good but then because of freaking Uther Pendragon who it's kind of an ass in any King Arthur story you like watch or read um he did not make my list I will say because I didn't put in characters that I just like ultimately hated um because like if I just pure hatred towards a character i didn't put them in whereas like if i liked the villain like i was like okay i like this villain i'm good with this villain then that's what helped them make my list um and morgana was one of them because it was definitely like when she started um getting her powers and everything um if uther didn't have the no magic law um over camelot and england then she definitely could have flourished as like a good character and if like her hatred towards the Pendragon bloodline um didn't just like manifest itself within her heart and like turn her into a villain I think she could have worked with Arthur to bring back magic into Camelot um but also the weeping monk in the show Cursed like the very uh, it kind of spoils the the ending but like you, you see, he wants to do good. And like, at one point he talks with the green knight, um, and how like, he doesn't kill the women or children, or like, he doesn't harm the children of the fae. Um, but he, um, he definitely like was led down the wrong path by the red paladins who are essentially monks, uh, Christian beliefs and everything. So, you know, magic is bad again. Um, But he, I mean, he does have a redemption arc kind of sort of at the end. But also I want to see what happens in season two if he remains that like villainous character or if he does get the full redemption arc Um, because he, like everyone in the Fae community was like, watch out for the weeping monk. Like he's awful. And even um, within the, um, like the monk world, he was like revered as like this amazing soldier on their side in the path to ridding the world of the devil and demons um and so yeah the morgana and the weeping monk are my number five villains
0: nice all right uh my number four uh Dang it, Isaac, you already mentioned it in the podcast. I was hoping we weren't going to talk about him just so I could mention him. But Ozymandias from (laughs) Watchmen is my number four. Um, uh, I watched the movie before I read the comic. Um, So, like, the, the reveal at the end that Ozzy was the villain, I was like, oh, crap. But then, like, watching his plan and how, like, meticulous and methodic he had to be to, like, get to the end. But then also that philosophical thing, like, I know what I'm doing is wrong. But if I don't do this, there's I I feel like there's a threat of like, everyone will die. So I'll kill, you know, a third, a lot of people so that the rest can live, which is like the ultimate trolley problem um either like nuclear winter or i can control i can cause like very specific explosions that mimic dr manhattan's powers that are going to kill billions of people but then the u.s and the soviet union can make a truce against dr manhattan who is the only other major threat to the planet Uh, if you haven't seen Watchmen, most of that makes no sense but also like it was a genius plan and i really respected that um and i as much as i uh, would love to see more of the Watchmen series. I feel like the that story in and of itself is like really, really good. And what, since DC has gotten like the Watchmen property, it's not quite the same. Um, but that original, the original concept for Watchmen and Ozymandias as the the ultimate sacrificial lamb, I guess is is the way I'd put it. Um, was really, really good, and I thought it was really, really impactful. Because in the end, he wasn't wrong. I I would not have done what he did. Um, but he also won like there you you can't like it doesn't matter what happens after it he won that's it and i just uh props to ozzy for beating beating dr manhattan who in all of uh media properties is probably one of the most powerful characters there is
1: um i agree uh just just tangent just when when he explains his plan and all the other heroes are like there's no way you're going to get, you know, like, we won't let you do this. And he goes, you think I'm dumb? He's like, I activated this like a half hour ago. Like it already happened while you're here. And they're like,
0: (laughs) I know Uh, that he's like, you think I'm dumb enough to tell you my plan and not already have done it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so smart. Okay. Um, so my number four, um, from the borderlands games, handsome Jack. Um, good pick. I forgot about it. I, I love Handsome Jack. He is, I mean, and there was a time like in the pre Bowl, when, yeah, he's technically thinks he's doing the right thing, but then it hits a point where he kind of just goes crazy and selfish and does whatever. Um, He's hilarious. I think he's a great character, but also he's like the biggest dick. Like he's such a douche. Um, And like you're playing through and he's just like radio and like calling you all the time. Whenever you do something, And it's like hilarious. And you're like, gosh, I love this character. But then he like does some awful things and you're like, I love him and I can't wait to kill him. And it's going to be so great. And you're just kind of like, look, it makes you look forward to the end of the game where you're like, I can finally knock this guy down a peg. Those are, that's something we
0: didn't talk about is the villains that like you like, but also it's so satisfying to beat them. Yes. All
2: right. So my number four is Javert from Les Mis. Um, Oh, I didn't even
0: think about like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You were thinking about musicals, were you Brendan? (laughs) No,
0: I just, I get so caught up in comic book movie and stuff and I am like, I need to be more diverse than just comic book villains. And I did my best, but then (laughs) then I'm like, crap. There's a lot of really good musical villains too, aren't there? (laughs) Yes.
2: So, yeah, uh, Javert made my list from May- Les Mis, um, and that for this one, I do specifically mean Les Mis as a whole. I don't mean just like Russell Crowe or any of the Javerts from any of the productions of Les Mis, um, whether it was when they had the turntable stage or after they got rid of the turntable stage. Um, but Javert is just like, you know, he's trying to be good and like trying to like make sure that France is like, people are respecting the law that, you know, that all that good stuff. But like he is definitely still like that villain because you're like, listen, he's trying to redeem himself. Let Jean Valjean redeem himself and be the mayor of this little town and like take care of this little orphan girl who's in a terrible situation but Javert is just like no you're still a criminal and you missed your parole days and so you have to come back to jail for the rest of your life um and then he's like on the the um the kingdom side of france of trying to squash the revolution of the college boys and um and so he's trying to be like that double agent and Then the fact, like, he gets his mini redemption arc, but then, spoiler, he commits suicide because he's like, I was a terrible villain, and, like, I see what I did wrong now, um, and I don't deserve to live. Um, But he, so the fact that, like, he becomes self-aware of the terrible things that he did, and, like, how it was misguided, and how he was pushed down the wrong path, essentially, while being told that he was on the right path, like that makes him my number four because he is getting closer to the truly evil, but he's also, you know, he realizes his mistakes in the end. So.
0: That's interesting too. The, something you said in there with the, uh, the him working for the, the revolution or not working against the revolution is I feel like some, something that happens a lot is like, you can already tell the villain's going to lose because they're playing for the losing side, especially mm-hmm. in anything that has to do with history. Um, but I feel like there's also the, the villains that, you know, they're playing for the winning side. If you've ever, I, I can think of one and that's the, that's the villains from Assassin's Creed unity. The Templars are on the side of Robespierre and the revolutionaries. And that made me think of that. And I was like a villain that, you know, is going to win mm-hmm. if there's, if that changes the, the perspective at all. Um, so moving on my number three, if you watched our episode last week was my number one CW villain. and is my number three villain of all time. Uh, Prometheus. This is my exception. This is specifically from arrow. Cause the Adrian chase Prometheus from arrow season five is very different from the Prometheus from the comics. While Prometheus from the comics is a really good justice league villain. Uh, didn't, didn't quite make my top five, but Adrian chase is Prometheus from arrow season five. Um, he, he's one. He's the, a pure evil villain that only does what he does because the hero exists and um, is literally the antithesis of Oliver Queen's arrow. Um, If you don't know his backstory, he um, his father was killed in Oliver's first year as the arrow because his dad was a corrupt businessman. And since then Adrian Chase was working on um, finding the perfect revenge to, you know, get back at the arrow. And that was his whole thing. And he gets his revenge and then keeps going. Um, <laughs> eventually he's defeated, but he won. Um, and I think it was like season five, episode 17. He gets Oliver to admit that Oliver wasn't this like shining light all along that he enjoys like killing and other very like morally ambiguous acts. And like I mentioned it last week, if you've watched last week's episode, if not go watch it, but um, the, the whole scene where he makes Oliver admit that, you know, he, like, he likes murder, and he goes, cool, I won. That's all I wanted you to say. We're good. And then he goes to uh, kidnap Oliver's son and try to murder his whole family, and he's like, yeah, I won, but also I want to keep winning. <laughs> I was like, that's dark. And um, Oliver as a hero is really like tactical and um, generally pretty uh, calculated, and out-calculating Oliver is a, is a pretty substantial feat, so I thought that was pretty uh, impressive.
1: Um, I've never seen, uh, any CW superhero show. Um, I don't know why I just haven't. I love superheroes. They're They're entertaining. I do have a, I have a DC like superhero encyclopedia and Prometheus is in there, but solely pretty much like his whole entry is just pretty much like he got murdered by Green Arrow, (laughs) like Green Arrow killed him. And it's, it was like, it's like that's why he was in this like this small book of encyclopedia was because he was one of the the villains that successfully pretty much tempted their hero into killing them. Um, anyways, which, so that's all I had in my head from that. Um, my number three is uh, the Dark Lord Morgoth from the Silmarillion, uh, the Lord of the Rings world, also known as Melkor. But then when he went evil, it became Morgoth, um, also known as the first Dark Lord. Uh, if it puts anything into perspective, uh, Sauron was this guy's lieutenant. So, like, yeah, Sauron is just pretty much like the Grand Moff Tarkin of Star Wars, whereas Morgoth would be the Emperor. Um, Wouldn't Sauron be Vader?
0: Yes. I think that Grand Moff Tarkin would be...
1: Crap. The Witch King. There you go. Or the mouth mouth of Sauron. You know, he's there, then he dies. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So yeah, Morgoth, he, he is the OG evil, um, because of him, there pretty much is evil in the whole world of Arda of middle earth of everything. There's a whole nother continent, uh, called Beleriand. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Like it's like middle earth. And then it's like Beleriand, and it gets destroyed and sunk in the sea because of this giant war between Morgoth and then the Valar, the good gods, uh, and pretty much like in lord of the rings he there there the reason belrogs exist they're basically fallen angels they are these corrupted spirits and you only hear his name in the lord of the rings movie i think once when they say a belrog of morgoth and it's like the only time you hear it but he's just big evil dark dude did a lot of bad things um didn't i mean he got defeated but like at the same time, he didn't, because he's kind of immortal. So,
0: And he has a legacy. Yes. Yes. And a, a pretty strong one.
2: I'm going to do that whole start a fight without using politics, and in five words or less, I hate Lord of the Rings. I can't stand it. I'm sorry.
0: That's six words you lost.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Um, you know, I that series, I can't with... Uh, In high school, we took a band trip to Atlanta, and what did we watch? The entire way down, the Lord of the Rings series. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Isaac. Is that
1: Elvish? Uh, Okay, well, this is Elvish. This is (laughs) Smaug. Okay, from a distance, I swear I thought it was Elvish. (laughs) Okay, that's really cool. That's all right, that's all right. To to each their own hope. Um,
2: Like, okay, here's the other um, thing.
0: We will not protect you from uh, <laughs> Hope does not like Lord of the Rings slander in the comments. I'm sorry. Listen, I don't you might, think, you might have to deal me with that. Otherwise.
2: I don't care. I will hold true to the fact that I don't like Lord of the Rings. Um, because let me be clear. I was on one of those like nice tour buses that you could fall asleep in. I would fall asleep for a nap. I'd wake up. They're traveling. i fall asleep. i wake up. They're traveling. Okay.
0: The whole story is a journey. That's the <laughs> that's the point. They could have condensed it down. It's a one movie. No, one they book. couldn't. No, they could
1: It was three books. It was actually six <laughs> books technically. Each book Listen, was split in two. Tolkien could have condensed stuff,
2: but he Tolkien was also the person that people hated going on walks with because he would stop and stare at a tree for twenty minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. you wonder why his books are so dense and like detailed, like. That is why. Okay. Anyways. My number 3 is Prince Viridian from The Letter for the King and I do him in the show because in the book he's like mentioned but not really there. He's kind of like that character that like everyone's trying to um make sure it doesn't get into power. Um but Prince Viridian Okay, honestly, he's like that villain that like I fell in love with and I was like I need to protect you. um but like but also because he's so misguided like he's trying to be good and he's he's like i need to protect the world from the darkness and from the prophecy that's coming that's gonna be happening and um i i would love to have a discussion with people to know if they actually think viridian was the true villain of the series um or if it was the queen that i can't remember her name um cuz there's a scene where you see like her eyes go dark like completely black and Viridian like snaps his head to look in a mirror that just happens to like be looking where she is and then he becomes the darkness so i'm like is he actually the true villain though but like also i want to protect the child um <laughs> But he on it, but he's also in that like going more he's like that right in between of being wrong path evil and truly evil because he goes about trying to prevent the darkness by slaughtering people and like specifically the shaman and like when he learns that a shaman's child happens to be alive and is likely the thing that's going to destroy it. it he believes that the shaman's child is the darkness, um, but the child who has the magical powers is actually the thing that dest- defeats the darkness. Um, but so, yeah, he basically goes through and kills a bunch of people. And at one point...
0: Ah, yes. He- flawless logic.
2: Yeah. Because he, uh, he also gains the powers from the shaman that he kills. Um, like I
0: said, perfect villain power. I get your powers.
2: Um, but it is like a ritual thing in order to get the powers like they have to be like burned while being killed. Yeah, it's great. Um, they don't really show any of the deaths, thankfully, other than Viridian snapping the neck of a little bird and like letting it drop to the ground. But then he like uses his powers and brings it back to life and the bird flies away. And I'm like, okay, a zombie bird, it's fine. Um, but yeah. Veridian is my child. I will protect him with my life, even though he's a villain. Um, and Letter for the King on Netflix.
0: Yes. No. That's
2: my number three.
0: All right. Moving on to my number two. Um, I hope you mentioned that you kind of like left villains off your list that you just hate. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is a villain that I love to hate. Um, no redeeming qualities. Absolutely nothing about her that um, I like. And uh, that would be Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter series. <laughs> there is nothing redeeming about her. Yeah. And when I was coming up with this list, originally she was in my honorable mentions. And then I thought of one thing that moved her all the way up to number two. And that's the scene in Deathly Hallows where she is like interrogating uh, Muggleborns about, like, you know, how they stole their magic. She's, like, basically mentally torturing them and then sending them off to Azkaban. And she has a Patronus that whole time. And to make a Patronus, you have to be, like, feeling joy and feeling good things. And she enjoys all of this, like, hateful stuff that she's doing. And something that um, I like about the Harry Potter lore, just, like, a little detail, is most Death Eaters can't produce a Patronus because they don't have a memory that evokes that much joy. But uh, something I like about Umbridge is she has no allegiance to like Voldemort really. She just like has this like really weird moral skewness to her that just makes her awful. Uh, Like all of her, she has no allegiance. And at the same time, her allegiance just goes in all the wrong places. And like, I think that's what like just makes her the best like villain to just hate and as, um, I think that's an important aspect of a villain is like, if you hate them so much that like, it feels like they're a real person that did you wrong, then they were exceptionally written. And I think uh, Umbridge is one of the best examples of that because there is no redemption for her at all. And like in those details, it just shows that like to her core, she just enjoys being a a bitch. (laughs) It's just the worst.
2: I also want to add that you can make a Patronus with just like a happy memory as long as it's like a strong happy memory but to make a full corporeal patronus that you can see what it is like hers is a cat and you know it's a cat and like in the movie you can see it sitting on her desk and it's like giving itself a bath and it's a full cat it has to be a ridiculously strong memory in and like happy memory in order to, to produce a corporeal patronus like that and it's like how do you have? How do you feel that happy mom? when you're sending yes, people to prison? Exactly. And I'm like, no. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely say anytime I reread the fifth book or um, watch the movie, I'm like, why didn't the centaurs kill her? I wish she was dead. Um, so that is why she did not make my top five. She got an honorable mention. She did not make top five because I wanted her dead so much. So yeah.
1: Nice. All oh, right. Um, my number two uh, is a character that's in a lot of things, but I wanted to be specific about it, which... Um, uh, and I am talking about the Joker. But specifically, I am talking about the Joker from the Arkham Asylum games. Because, uh, A, he's played by Mark Hamill, who just can bring out something in the Joker's voice that, like, no other actor that plays Joker can.
0: That laugh gives me goosebumps every time.
1: Yes. And he's, it's so good to the point where, like, I, I love, like, playing and, like, knowing the Jokers that, like, even though he's almost like a, I don't know what the opposite of, like, a spirit guy to but but, like, like, he's like the little shoulder devil, you know, that he's, like, he's constantly talking to Batman, but when you're playing the game, you almost feel like, like, you can feel that relationship you're like oh this freaking guy but you like don't want joker like you want to defeat him but you also don't want him anything bad to happen to him because you're like you're like you feel like you're batman where you're like you got to keep him alive and just put him in jail um and so when he does end up uh spoiler alert when he does end up uh, dying uh i was almost like well what are they going to do in the next game like the joker won't be there but then he was still there (laughs) he was a big portion of the game Um, and I, I don't know. It's just, I think he's a great villain. Uh, he's an an enjoyable villain. Um, even especially since he is this scrawny little guy who Batman could be in a fight any day with all of his arms tied together, Batman could just fall on him and probably beat him. But the Joker just can, he thinks so much differently than anyone else that he can do stuff.
2: I was gonna get really mad at you if you said Jared Leto's Joker, um, because just no. Um, but I will actually,
0: say- I will defend Jared Leto's Joker. Um, I won't, I won't get into that. But I think it's not my favorite portrayal, but I don't hate it as much as the internet does.
2: That's fair. That's, like That's he fair. does have the creep factor of Joker. The which-
0: mobster factor is what I liked. Yeah. I, the, like he was really like the, the he was gangbanging, hundred yeah. percent. Like he had Rico charges up the wall. But uh
2: so so you know I'll, I'll give Jared Leto and that Joker the his their props, but Heath Ledger will always hold the spot in my heart for the Joker. Which side track again? I just saw that it's been 13 years since he passed away, and I just got really sad because it's been one, a
1: long
2: time. like it's been so long, and to know that it was while he was filming the Batman series, um, with oh my gosh i can't remember his name christopher
0: nolan's yeah dark knight trilogy trilogy.
2: yeah like christian bale Bale, that's who i was trying to think oh i thought
0: you were talking about
2: the yeah no it's all good um both of them was gonna work um but it was like yeah he holds that special heart but space in my heart wow i can't talk today and i apologize for that so my number two villain If any of you watch Supernatural, if any of you have the anti-demon possession tattoo or necklace or anything, um, I absolutely hated this character, but also like he did good things. So I was like, I don't fully want you dead, but also stop being evil. Um, So he's like on that balance of truly evil (sighs) is Metatron. He was an angel. He was technically God's scribe and he decided that he was better than God and he was going to come down on earth and help all of the people. And let's just say he was a dick and he was a bigger dick than the rest of the angels. And like he turned the angels bad, even more bad than they already were. And like locked Castiel out of heaven at one point and like tortured the Winchesters and yeah and eventually ended up killing dean with the demon blade uh which was the spoilers for
0: the show that's been on tv forever
2: listen (laughs) it's either gonna be dean or sam that dies at the end of every season okay and then they come back because one of them does something stupid like i don't know let's sell my soul to the yeah I i could get on a tangent about that all the time um But also, Metatron brought about Demon Dean, which, like, a lot of people absolutely love, even though he was a demon and was Dean Winchester. Um, But also, that was thanks to the Mark of Cain, which Cain, side note again, was played by uh, the guy who plays Lassie on Psyche.
1: Oh, Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he had, like, long hair, and it was, like, the... Uh, oh, I love him. Anyways... Um, I just
0: think of uh, Tom Wellings cane from Lucifer. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's fair. Um, but, yeah, so Metatron is my number two villain. And I hate him, but not enough to want him dead until he kills Dean,
0: so... Yeah. Nice. Um, also, he sounds a lot like... Speaking of Lucifer, he sounds like a lot like what they did with Michael yeah. and Lucifer. Yeah. Um, uh, we,
2: we could go on about how Michael is the villain as well to bring about the apocalypse. Uh, and, no, we won't go into that one.
0: I do, I do know that arc of Supernatural as well. Um, so rounding it out, um, I'm going to give quick my list of honorable mentions and then my number one. So my honorable mentions uh, starting with Cyrus from Pokemon Diamond, Pearl and Platinum. Um, the Pokemon villains always seem a little like campy, but he was like the most like impressive. Also, sorry if there's, like, background noise. My apartment is right next to the train tracks, and right now there's an exceptionally loud train. And, um,
2: Do you live across the street from me? Because there's, I live right next to the train tracks as well.
0: We can discuss this after the episode, <laughs> but maybe. Um, so if I'm shaking or you hear anything, it's the train. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so Cyrus from Pokemon, I feel like the villains always, like, end up kind of, like, campy besides Giovanni. Uh, but, like, Maxie and Archie, like, they're, they're kind of ridiculous. And then Getsis just seems, like, crazy my sanders just like a sociopath but like cyrus seemed to have like a defined goal um and something oh wait i'm not supposed to get into like details of this but anyway uh then my other one is thanos from the mcu specifically um but he didn't make the list because of all of thanos's other appearances um reverse flash uh from the comics scar from the lion king um and syndrome from the incredibles those are those are my honorable mentions but uh, my number one pick number overall. Hmm?
2: Was Syndrome in the second one?
0: Syndrome was the first one. First one.
2: Yeah. Capes. Oh, beca- because because no of- okay. Now I remember because I was like, no, it said like B S. No, it just said S. I got it. It's clicked. We're good. Sorry.
1: So
0: uh, my number one all time favorite villain is the Joker so isaac we did have overlap on lists
1: we no, talked no. about them before
0: and like i wonder if we're gonna have any overlap um but mine is the joker but i'm not specific to any like incarnation he ledger's joker is amazing um the dc animated universe joker also voiced by mark mark hamill is amazing um the 1980s batman film uh played by uh jack uh, n- which one's the golfer which one's the actor nicholson Nich- nicholson Nicholson, um, yeah, Nicholas is the uh, the golfer. Um, all like exceptional, but then like comic book Joker from Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, all very distinct and different characters, but all of them like exceptional foils to Batman. And all of them like has the chaotic energy I love in a villain that he's evil just because that's how he wants to be, does not care about anyone else, and that's it. Um, and I don't, there's, I don't feel like there's much more to say because I feel like everyone knows the Joker and everyone knows that he's like the epitome of like, like if Batman's the epitome of what it is to be a hero, then Joker is the epitome of what it is to be a villain. And that's like, I feel really strongly about that and I won't go on too much, but that's, that's what it is.
1: It's not about the money
0: it's about sending a message i love the tiktok like the tiktok audio they've been using from the movie recently where it's like you think you can come in here and steal from us yeah (laughs) like he just goes yes (laughs) like
1: what why wouldn't i be able to (laughs) um all right so we did have a nice little overlap thing um so i had a few runner-ups uh one of them was uh darth sidious but specifically from the prequels um in the main i mean you know the original trilogy yeah he's evil but he's just kind of an evil old man In the sequel trilogy he was added in there um but in the prequel trilogy you literally see him pulling the strings and you get so mad at him um sorry, I shouldn't get too far into this.
0: But specifically in Clone Wars, like that that drove it yes. home. It's like, no, yes. oh, he's the puppet
1: master. I mean, yeah, and I mean I sorry, I meant like everything before uh the thing. Yeah, just oh man. Clone Wars, he's a he's awful. Every time you see him, you know he's bad the whole time. Um, okay, sorry. Um Ganondorf from Legend of Zelda. Uh I think he's a great villain, mostly because he's he's like in every Zelda game, it's usually, it's almost always a different Link and a different Zelda, but it's almost always the same Ganondorf. <laughs> Homeboys just keeps getting brought back to life. Um, let's see, uh, runner-up, uh, Homelander from The Boys. Good. Okay. Oh dang, he's such a good villain. <laughs>
2: That's Uh-oh. a different episode. We'll do a different episode. Just oh yeah, about we'll talk. The boys. A, we can
0: just talk about the boys. Uh, once, the, once of give us more season three info, we can talk about that. Um. Benson
1: and then I also mentioned uh Killmonger from Black Panther, just because I think he is uh he's a great villain in that like you know, like you can almost be like, oh yeah, he's kinda got a point. Like kind of like Magneto. He's a very Magneto-esque uh character. Um, okay, so my number one, uh, which is I'm just kinda yeah, we just kinda switched our one and two uh there, Brendan, is is Dolores Umbridge. Okay. <laughs> from Harry Potter. Uh because a lot of it though is because Whenever, when I was reading it, when I was watching it, it just sent me so many flashbacks of like actual teachers I had growing up. Actual like people in my life. And I know that J.K. Rowling um, said like that she, I think she was actually based on someone too that J.K. Rowling knew. And just like, it evokes that like real life person where like villains can be everyday people. And it's like I don't know, like treating kids wrong, like a, saying that you're a liar when you're not. All these like aspects make you so mad. The book made me like every page. I was just so I never wanted to throw a book before in my life. Just reading about how awful this teacher is. Like, I'm like, I don't care about Voldemort. Like, yeah, let Voldemort do his thing. He's nothing compared to Dolores Umbridge. Why is she in a school? And I, like Hope said, I was very upset when I found out that the the centaurs did not. Uh, Kill her and her racist pink coat and all her kittens. Um,
0: Dumbledore could have not rescued her and she would have just
1: been there. So, Dumbledore's fault. And and the reason that she's my number one is like normally I can also appreciate a villain, which is like all my other villains I appreciate. I like all of them, but I hate Umbridge, and it takes a lot for me to actually hate a character. It's kind of like she's kind of like it's almost the point where it's like kind of like Joffrey from game of thrones where like the portrayal was so good at making you not like the character that even like the actor and actress got like flack from people. And you have to be like, Whoa, one's a character that they performed well. So there it is. Thanks. I respect Take that. it home. Hope. <laughs>
2: I'll say, don't hate on the kittens, except for the little white fluffy one that was like, I gotta go tell Dolores that, you know, people are trying to use the flu system out of her office. Um, Because, like, also kittens. Don't hurt my cats. Um, So, my honorable mentions, number one, Dolores Umbridge. We're going to leave it there. Uh, Ultron, because he creeped me out so much. Um... And especially when he started doing the Demented version of I've Got No Strings, I was just like, no, no, we're, we're done. We're, we're Honestly, done.
0: I think the creep factor came mostly from the voice actor. Yeah, James um, Spader. Yeah. James Spader did oh. an amazing job as Ultron. That was yeah. so cool.
2: Um, Winter Soldier, although he has redemption, and I will claim to this day that he is now a hero. So he was. Win- Winter Soldier and Bucky are different because Winter Soldier was Hydra. Voice crack. Uh, Hydra and Bucky is hero, and don't anyone hurt my Bucky. Um, this is a throwback, but the Bouncy Hunter from Race to Witch Mountain with Small Dwayne Johnson and Baby Anna Sophia Rob.
0: Small <laughs> and- Dwayne Johnson.
2: He was not <laughs> bulked. <laughs> like he still had hair, and like he was. Yeah. Instead he can yeah,
0: bench-press any bench of us. Pre- <laughs> yeah, was like, he still bench-press my freaking car.
2: <laughs> this was, like, after he was The Rock. Like, this was, like, around that era. So, like, small Dwayne Johnson, okay? Uh, but, yeah, baby Anna-Sophia Rob and baby Alexander Ludwig as the aliens uh, that looked like teenagers. But the bounty hunter, like... You just see the suit all the time, and then when the helmet gets ripped off, it looks like a giant brain with eyes, and it was creepy as heck as a kid. Still creepy and disgusting to this day. Um, Yin and Yang from Psych. Um,
1: Yeah! And,
2: like, learning that Yang was Yin's daughter, I was like, nope, nope, that's not a thing. Uh, And also, honorable mention, Killmonger, because... I mean one Michael B. Jordan, but also like you empathized with him. You were like, this is understandable. Like
0: Killmonger wasn't wrong.
2: Yeah. Um, so my number one villain, who I believe is truly evil, is Cypher from The Fate of the Furious. Uh Ooh, like- I thought Played by Charlize Theron. Um, and she's supposed to come back in the next movie, I believe, bringing in John Cena as the brother of uh, <laughs> Mia and Dom. And it's like, and he's supposed to be evil. And so that's going to be really interesting. But he, they're supposed to be working together. But what makes her truly evil for me is baby Brian. And I do mean the actual baby, Dom's son. Um, is going to have so much emotional and mental trauma as he grows up and he's not going to know why because he was held captive by someone he didn't know his mother was killed in front of him and he couldn't go reach his father to get comforted um, yeah there was just a lot of I mm, Cypher can die in the next movie and I will be totally happy as long as she dies a fiery blaze of death um, because you should not torture babies like that. Uh, uh, so- fun
0: psych fact. Um, due to neuronal pruning, they're probably, unless unless there was like a nutritional developmental issue, nothing will happen to baby Brian. He'll be totally fine because he don- will not probably not have any of the same synapses he had at that time.
2: I hope so because, listen, if baby Brian ends up with trauma, I'm going to be talking to the directors because... Mm, but yeah, and then also the fact that like Dom couldn't hold his son after finding out he had a son and like watching his son's mother die and not being able. I was like, there's so much psychological like um, torture in this movie. That, and like- the whole
0: manipulation keeping Dom away from Letty and the rest of the oh rest of the gang that it like that so- aspect of it, They all thinking they're all thinking yeah. he's the villain when he had to be turned.
2: And little nobody's just like, well, he's a bad guy. And the rest of the team's like, listen, Dom's not a bad guy. There has to be a reason why Dom is doing this. Um, so, yeah, it, I'm. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, so Cypher, in my opinion, is truly evil. And she is my number one villain. So,
0: Perfect. Alrighty. So, before we sign off today, we just want to give. Um some quick recommendations as always here on uh, Raving Geeks, whether that be movies, video games, comics, books, or anything else geeky. Um, Hope, do you want to start with uh, just some quick recommendations for us today?
2: Yes, I had one. Um, Okay. It's, Heroes, that's what it was. I was going to recommend Heroes because, honestly, it's a cool series and, like, sci-fi, and then also Heroes Reborn and bringing in Zachary Levi as, like, a villain character. Like, it's really good. Um, It's got a lot of well-known characters, like um, Zachary Quinto plays Siler. So if you like him as Spock um, in the new Star Trek series, you know, you, c- you should watch it where he is a villain because he does a phenomenal job. Absolutely phenomenal.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Isaac, do you have any recommendations for us? Um, my recommendation is the, the Disney board game Villainous. <laughs> um, it is a fantastic game. It's, uh, the, the first, just like basic box, is you can have any, uh, two to six players um it is turn you play as a villain you have this little board your own everyone has their own little board and basically you you have a goal that you have to beat like Jafar is you have to have the genie on your side um at the palace and like it's all like card based and like turn based um everyone has their yeah everyone has thing Ursula has to defeat Ariel uh or King Triton and get the trident. they all have their own little goal so everyone picks that villain and then uh in your turn, you can do things where you like fate other characters and basically you cause other characters like heroes to appear to fight them. Um, and it's just, it's fantastic. It is, it can take anywhere from, you know, like 45 minutes to like two hours a game because they're so long and big. Uh, but what's cool is that there's expansion packs with even more Disney villains. Um, there's like, there's the core six and then there's new ones. There's like Isma or, uh, radigan from the great mouse detective all these different people and then now there is a marvel villainous uh game where you play as one of the six different villains from marvel and uh it's just really fun game everyone should check it out it's kind of expensive but check it out which villains do they have in the marvel version in the marvel version they have ultron um hella they have trying to remember thanos of course
2: isn't he on the cover of
1: that box yeah you are correct loki's on the back but he's not in the game anywhere um (laughs) so we're hoping for expansion so um yeah then we got why can't i think of it uh killmonger and then the last one is uh they only have five and the last one is um taskmaster uh, which i thought would do spoilers for the new movie but actually they go off of uh comics for a lot oh, really? of the cool. heroes yeah they go off comics uh there is stuff for the Master's movies. an interesting one to do yes Ooh. yes yes
0: Alrighty. Um, so uh my recommendations for this week um if any of you have ever seen the movie uh prisoners i highly recommend that if you haven't seen it um that that came out you know probably like 10 years ago now uh, very good movie it's got uh, hugh jackman oh. and jake gyllenhaal uh, and it's like a, a mystery crime thriller about uh, what a, a father is willing to do to find his missing daughter's uh, daughter and her friend. Um, and it's it's a really interesting psychological thriller. Um, I also would like to recommend any books by the author Khaled Hosseini. Um, my favorite book, he is the, my favorite author of all time. And I didn't know if I had recommended him yet on the podcast. So I would, uh, I wanted to do that. Uh, you might have read a book of his, The Kite Runner, in high school. That, I know that's on some some people's reading lists. Um, and then my last recommendation is the uh, animated movie, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, can't... Find it. I, I eventually found it online, but I don't know like what streaming service has it now. Since DC Universe got canceled, and they were supposed to have it, and yada yada yada. Um, but uh, it's rated R. It's like a rated R DC animated movie, and it was really intense and really graphic. And if that's not your thing, don't watch it. But if you like, it's it's a it gives off similar vibes to Endgame for the MCU, but for the DC animated universe. So I hope you do a hand raised.
2: Yeah, I remember the thing that I was going to recommend. Um, it's the movie called The Losers, um, which, you know, talking about um, villains, you would expect if they were the losers that, you know, might be a villain side, right? No, um, it's essentially like a group, a task force is outed and then deemed as prisoner or as villains. Um, and it stars Idris Elba, Zoe's uh saldana uh jeffrey dean morgan chris evans uh yeah it it's a A lot of big names yeah it's stacked and let me tell you chris evans as a dorky nerd wearing glasses is
0: pre-serum steve
2: well but he's fucked up (laughs) so like not quite pre-serum steve but it's it's adorable and hilarious and the movie is fantastic and it has action and there's a little bit of romance because uh zoe sandalia's character and jeffrey dean morgan have like this little romance thing um so you know it's a good valentine's day movie too uh but yeah i would recommend the losers it's phenomenal
1: that's the one where chris evans does this thing and yes okay yes! i was like i was like chris evans as a nerd with glasses i was like i remember and yeah he, yes. he
2: gets uh he's in an elevator changing his clothes and he's changing his pants and the elevator doors stop and open up to a bunch of women. And my favorite quote out of the entire movie is like in the angle of the dangle ladies.
0: (laughs) And on that note, that is all we have for you today. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, on Raving Geeks. Make sure you leave a comment wherever you're listening from. We'd love to hear from you and on uh, um, your thoughts of what we talked about today, and anything you want to talk uh, us to talk about in the future. Um, also, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter at Raving Geeks. Um, and as always, I have been uh, Brendan Valentine, along with my other co-hosts. Oh, good Earl, Isaac Hunter. And uh, stay
1: geeky and have a great weeky, everyone. So long.